Hi, good morning. This is the Bitcoin Morning Brief. I'm Leah Wald. We have Giacomo on today. Tone Bays is over there. Tone, Barbie buys dips, put some very good looking pictures of you up yesterday. Well, I think it may have been a couple days ago, but they're pretty epic. Um, you know, can you do the, the, the picture that uh, she had up there? Wait, I must have missed it. Like she didn't tag me in them. Uh, uh, I may pull it, it was, up. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Her profile. Which one are we talking? Oh, is that me raising the shirt like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get dogs again. Good. All right, we're off to a solid Friday. Jagma, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. And uh, so, I, uh, just after the, I explained the political stale situation to you guys yesterday, they uh, they immediately uh, ended it, uh, uh, appointed the government. So um, I, we just. Uh, Unlock the situation here. That was great. It was because I think they watched the Bitcoin morning brief. Uh, that, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so sorry, guys. I totally had bad audio. Somebody should have told me. Isn't this better now? It's good. Yeah, it was low, not so bad, just low. Uh, good. Maybe it's your voice. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. No, no, I had the, I had the wrong, I had the wrong audio setup. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I am in Washington, D.C., as we know, so I picked a lot of politics stories today, whether you like it or not. But our first story is Bittrex. So let's start us off. And here we go. All right. Bittrex gets bank agreement to help you buy Bitcoin with dollars. This has definitely been in the news recently um, from various companies. But Bittrex here is going to work with Signature Bank and other financial firms to offer fiat trading to corporate users. And just as a background, right, Bittrex users swap nearly 200 different uh, digital coins, and they have more than 3 million customers globally. Um, so, yeah, the firm said that the pact will let corporate users in some states buy virtual tokens by using dollars, and that, you know, a move that could help the trading venue bring in more users is what they said. Um, and it's launching the fiat trading on Thursday for Bitcoin, Tether, and TrueUSD, our favorites. Tone, what did you think about the story? Um, I mean, it's one of those things like we've mentioned before. What was the story the other day? It's like, it's got to be like a slow news day, right? Like, um, <laughs> like, why is this news? Like uh, a crypto exchange, you know, Poloniex gets uh, bought out. I mean, back uh, after Cryptsy exit scam, uh, all there was for, you know, shitcoin trading was Bitrax and Poloniex. And then, you know, some of the outskirts like HitBTC and a couple others, right? But it was mostly Bitrax and Poloniex competing with each other. Uh, today, you know, Coinbase is joining them and uh, Binance is there. And there's a lot of other competition. So if you're a U.S.-based altcoin exchange, uh, you got to find a way to compete. So... Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure Bittrex would have been very happy to get bought out by Circle that went to Poloniex. So Bittrex is going to try to get bought out. And if not, hey, they found a bank, you know, congratulations. Uh, uh, the article stated that, um, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Coinbase has like four banks. I don't know why they didn't approach one of them. Like um, if you are, you're a centralized company, right? You got to do the proper KYC. You got to do the proper, uh, you know, AML compliance. As much as I hate it, uh, you have to do a compliance. And if you can prove to the banks that you're compliant with all of the financial laws, I mean, there are banking relationships you can create. Uh, I mean, of all the crypto news Bloomberg can focus on, I have no idea why this is, why, why they chose this. I really don't. Um, yeah. Or, or I chose it, I guess. Um, that's, that's very Well, true. no, I mean, it's Bloomberg, right? That's... Uh, yeah, and it was uh, really the only Bloomberg crypto story um, today and in the past couple of days. So I did want to throw it up there. Um, especially right. well, what because... Have been, I mean, they could have covered me on Cheddar from the New York Stock Exchange yesterday. You know, that, that I mean, my, my outlook on the price seems to have stirred up some all kinds of nonsense on Twitter. True, but maybe they didn't notice that it was you because you weren't wearing your buy the dip t-shirt. So, mm. you know, there's that potential. They got but... a dress code on the, on the, on the floor. Uh -huh. No, I, I was going to dress up nice regardless, but they do have a dress code. How can you be a revolutionary if you care about a dress code? I'm just going to leave it there and switch to Giacomo with the real question that I wanted to uh, ask on this piece, which is 
why do you think that you know they added they added more fiat and isn't the crypto over crypto niche interesting enough uh, i think that the reason that all these uh, crypto over crypto exchange end up uh, adding fiat is that uh, uh, basically the major the, the the big market is onboarding right now of course traders uh, can can do a lot of money but uh, prospectically and strategically the, the, the great market to capture is onboarding of uh, uh, all the fiat uh, part of the population, including institutional investors. Uh, I would say on Bitcoin because that's that's what makes sense. But for somebody a little bit more confused by the hype, it would be on crypto. And actually, well, a, a little bit as Tom said, if you are going to uh, to be compliant, then there is no reason to just uh, be cut out of the only the, the, the most relevant. Uh, kind of market which is a fiat to bitcoin onboarding so uh if you uh, assume that you are going to stay a a, a, a dodgy uh, shady uh, non-compliant non-kyc non-aml exchange in that case the approach to stay crypto over crypto and to avoid uh regulation entirely that could be interesting because at least you save a lot you can serve a different market and you can save compliance costs and that's the reason that you don't want you're not going to do fiat because uh, you can't open a bank account basically but if you give up all the advantages of being non-compliant like these exchange where so if you uh, you open up a centralized uh, company a legal entity and you start to do kyc ml so there is no reason left to to exclude the most relevant uh, market which is uh, bitcoin uh, from fiat onboarding and also the second thing is that prospectically crypto over crypto assuming that the altcoin craziness will last for many years which i don't really think but assuming it will prospectically crypto over crypto can be served well enough and without any kind of regulation by atomic swap uh, technologies which are very very early stage right now but eventually there is no reason to uh, to use a centralized entity for uh, switching uh, uh, unless you want something big, efficient, reliable, compliant, regulated, which in this case can also add fiat to the to the yeah, deal. Yeah, Giacomo, that, that's a good point, right? Like when it comes to like doing this stuff, you got to choose. You either got to be like 110% compliant like Coinbase, who I think wasn't compliant enough because they were supposed to inform you of every trade you ever did and they were supposed to report every single trade to the irs this is what every other exchange does this is what interactive brokers does where my trading account has been for a while and all the other exchanges right so you either got to be 110 percent compliant or you got to be zero percent compliant and then you got to be like btce where you don't touch any banks you don't touch any crypto well when you try to be this in-between thing it's a total disaster I agree. Yeah, uh, it's a it's really a choice of market niche. If you are if you are trying to serve the underserved, uh, then you you are just going to uh, to need uh, to to avoid compliance at all, and, and probably avoid a good chunk of profits because you have to stay decentralized, stay stay anonymous, pseudonymous. Right. You gotta have you gotta have an exchange. You gotta have no. You you can't have a corporation. You can't have a domicile. You can't have you know an office. You gotta have you know. Uh, a bunch of people that are programming stuff. You're not going to be able to use something like Alpha Point as your back end. Exactly. Uh, you have to build it all yourself and you're going to have to be totally uncompliant. And uh, in a way, you cannot even really ICO or, 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 or uh, ask BC money. Oh, you can you ICO. Know? You can totally ICO. In that case, an ICO makes total sense. Uh, yeah, but only if you can provide to, to your investors some kind of technical enforceability of rights, which is still very, very hard to do. Oh, no, you don't so, need to. You're non-compliant. You don't need to provide any rights at all, right? You can just go and ICO. Oh, and, so you say, okay, and, and, uh, and ask for donations to the... <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, that, the, the, that's a use case for an actual ICO. Yeah, yeah, I, I get your point. I get your point. You cannot, you cannot make... A reliable ICO, which uh, which will uh, necessarily require. Right. I mean, all you, all you got to do is convince the public that well, it's on Ethereum, therefore it's decentralized, therefore we can't print anymore, right? I mean, they're they're all buying this stuff now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah as a non-compliant exchange, 
um, ICOing for the funding is the per, is your perfect uh, way to do so. I mean, you do you are at risk of Ethereum rolling back your ICO. Thank for you, being non, for being non-compliant on the Ethereum blockchain. Thank you. And to answer everybody in the live chat, that is exactly why I picked this piece today because Giacomo always throws us curveballs, and I think that that was a really interesting take. Um, taking back power and upstart government plans to tokenize energy. So we are starting off this kind of Bitcoin politics news brief today. So tiny update on what's up in Spain and Catalonia, right? The, um, you know, uh, Rajoy was ousted in Spain. They had a no confidence vote um, this morning, actually. Um, so very recent news. And Sanchez, the leader of the main opposition socialist party is set to replace him as prime minister as soon as potentially this weekend. Now to Catalonia, their two biggest pro-independence party, which is uh, PDE's CAT and the Catalonia Republic left, lent their support to Sanchez. Um, and this, and Sanchez is a successful attempt to unseat um, Rejoy, I'm trying to understand all this one, and will be keen to probably get something in return, right? That's kind of what I think. So um, we'll see what happens there. So with this story, all right. Um, because it'll tie right in. The Catalonian government or Catalan government plans to airdrop an ERC token and they're calling it ION or ION. The plan is to incentivize solar power generation by circumventing the rules um, that have been made by Madrid, um, so in the government. So the article explains that peer-to-peer -peer energy trading in Spain is limited by rules preventing consumers who um, produce solar energy to sell the excess power back to the national grid or share it with other users, which um, we do in other countries. So really quick overview on this ION or ION, whatever acronyms. Uh, so the quantities given out will vary um, between 100 and 5,000 ions, depending on the user's engagement. And again, is an ERC20 to, uh, token. They're going to cap it, which is supposed to mirror the kilowatt hours per year that are produced currently by Catalonia's combined nuclear power plants. The wallet is still under development, and these tokens can be traded on the secondary market. Okay, a lot going on. Giacomo, also with this crazy political situation, can they pull this off? And what do you think? So I'm, I'm a big, politically speaking, I'm, uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really close to these guys. I mean, I, I'm all for uh, decentralization of nation states and disruption of nation states and independentism. And uh, and it was horrible what it, what happened in Catalonia with police beating up uh, old ladies and all. So we understand the, the motivation. I met some of these guys, some of Catalonian uh, activists. I met them in CCC conference and they were talking about uh, uh, censorship resistance uh, technology more in general, more from an accurate point of view. So uh, mesh networks, uh, how to circumvent the, the censorship over the Catalonian institution websites. Uh, so how to use uh, Tor, how to use Freenet, how to communicate. So uh, there are serious concerns. Uh, on one side, I think that the uh, the use case for uh, for let's call it crypto uh, in order to circumvent a political regime oppression or censorship is uh, the right use case. So I think that uh, their 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 heart is in, is is in the good place, in the right place, and. The idea of using this kind of technology in order to uh, overcome or bypass uh, uh, or dodge uh, political uh, impositions and regulations is, is is the use case. Unfortunately, uh, probably these people is uh, they are political activists and they, they are not technology experts. And uh, if they started to uh, this kind of effort three years ago, probably they would be doing something. Uh, reasonable. If they were starting this kind of activity in three years for now, maybe they would do something realistic. Uh, right now, they are they are just they are unfortunate. Uh, they are unlucky in, uh, enough to be in the between of the shitcoin, uh, uh, random, uh, meaningless uh, uh, blockchain technology hype. And so, what they are doing doesn't make, sadly, any sense at all. So uh, the, the problem with technology is not really to have tokens representing the, the, the ownership of the kilowatt hour. The problem is to decentralize the physical distribution network, which is basically impossible. You cannot build an electric mesh network, not now with, with solar power. Uh, but even if you can do that, then the problem is not tokenization at all. 
you can just use people paying. Uh, I mean, I have a solar pa a solar panel. I, I I just have need a cable that can sell electricity to you. Uh, you just pay me with Bitcoin if needed, and then I give you the electricity. If we want to do something trustless in real time, let's use a payment channel for that, if we really want to. But is, there is no technology problem that the token can solve in this context. And, uh, uh, and most of all, there is no technology problem that a shitty token on a broken platform like an Ethereum ERC20 can solve in this context. So again, uh, it's cool that Catalanian people are trying to explore technology in order to uh, avoid and circumvent censorship. Uh, and, uh, and ERC20 token for energy is just like the perfect empty buzzword. <laughs> Thank you, Giacomo. And very interesting that you're close to them. Maybe you can advise them. Tone, what did you think when you read this piece? Oh, God, this was terrible. Um, it's... Um... Like it's it's really bad. Like I, I it, it's hard to describe how stupid the ion token is. So, um, I mean, again, they want to print their own money. This is I don't understand the difference between the ion token and the petrol, which we're gonna talk about in the next story. Like it's the same thing. Like just sell the damn electricity, right? Like at one point in this article, they're like, our goal is for one day for one ion to equal one kilowatt of electricity. So just sell, just open up a market. How much does one kilowatt of electricity cost in a currency that already exists? Not the one you're about to create, right? All they're doing is creating a currency and they're like making up as many excuses as they can why they need to print their own currency and tie it to uh, the production of solar energy. This token is totally useless for anything. Um, just like right now, several countries uh, uh, allow you to, you know, pr uh, generate solar energy and sell it back into the grid. Like they're complaining that Madrid doesn't let them do that. Fine, change the law. Allow people to sell their electricity back into the grid and for other people to buy that electricity and charge per one kilowatt hour or maybe one tenth of a kilowatt hour, right? Create another unit. But why the hell are you creating another currency? Uh, all it comes down to a bunch of guys want to justify their existence by either printing money for themselves or um, having a job that requires them to maintain the printing of a brand new money right? Uh, they're building it on top of the Ethereum platform, which gave us this nightmare of, you know, uh, a platform that was created by printing your own money and maintaining the printing of your own money. Like none of it makes sense, right? What the hell are you going to do if, if you actually integrate this ION token into the electricity grid of your, you know, new formed country and Ethereum goes belly up and your electricity doesn't work anymore because no one can transfer this token around. Uh, this is totally stupid. This can be completely centralized. It will be a thousand times more efficient without the printing of your own money. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I agree with Don on almost anything except that uh, Catalonian uh, institution, they cannot change the law because uh, that, that, that's what they try to do with the referendum. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying if they if they break off and they are their own country, they can set any law they like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in, since they are not, they, they are not, uh, they didn't, they haven't managed to do that. So the, the idea to use technology in order to circumvent present limitation is itself, in theory, um, breaking the, the, so they're breaking the law, right? Like they are breaking Spanish law, uh, following. Uh, they are circumventing Spanish law. This, I mean, uh, what I don't agree with you uh, about is mainly that your the, the comparison with Pedro. Uh, in in Pedro, currency is something that is is done by a sovereign sovereign state, which doesn't have any kind of uh, political, let's say, limitation on top of it. So they can just use uh, a Maduro's database. While in this case, in theory, you have a political organization that has another political organization, the, the Spanish national state which will prevent them from doing something. So the, the sure. theoretical use of technology could be interesting, just 
not this. Sure. I mean, all, all the all, all the, the the Spanish government has to do is say, yeah, your ion token is illegal. And now what are you going to do? Right now? Yeah, it's now, even, now, now it's even worse because you're going to have all of these international investors because you just created a security. So now you're going to have all of these investors, including people from the United States and all these other ones. And then the Spanish government is going to come down and say, yeah, you don't just get to circumvent our laws because Ethereum exists. And now uh, whichever idiots created the ION token can now get internationally sued uh, for selling a security overseas. Yeah, now they, they are breaking the US federal laws and they can just call Vitalik in order to unroll all the tokens eventually if they need it. I like when you guys uh, have differing points. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. And just, you know, as a background, it's utilities. I mean, it's, it's a background that technically has always been, you know, a natural monopoly. And, and for anyone, you know, in, in econ, right, it's just a natural monopoly is a monopoly in an industry in which it's like usually high infrastructural costs or other barriers to entry are relative to the size of the market. And the governments allow that supplier in that industry to have that advantage over the other ones, except for this doesn't make that much sense anymore, actually, because plug and play solar systems, as you have a solar, uh, a solar panel, are actually really affordable right now. Um, so I, I agree, actually, um, to your point, Giacomo, and also to your point, Tone, regarding uh, governments, is that it, this, uh, yeah, I mean, Catalonia, I think, is probably being hindered by all these regulations in Madrid. I hope that you know, they're able to um, fix that situation. Um, but, it, you know, so it's, I think, quite evident that solar being backed by, you know, held back by the regulators, not by the technology right now. Um, but correct, this form of this ERC-20 token ION makes absolutely no sense for any of this innovation to take place, nor do I think it's really the right mode of trying to push for uh, more independence or breaking away, such as how the article states it, unless you guys disagree. I mean, if you need the token, if you absolutely need the token for functionality, which again would be stupid to outsource, you know, your electric grid to Ethereum. Uh, but if you absolutely need that token for functionality, just peg it to one kilowatt now and not having like, because the one kilowatt of energy is already fluctuating in price every single second because there is a, because there is an open market for energy. So why are you going to add another currency that also fluctuates in price based on a lot more speculation because of 12-year-olds trading on like bitracks um, than one actual kilowatt of energy? Like, it's just like, I, I, it's hard to explain the stupidity in this model. All right. And on to India. And for uh, someone in the live chat, no, this is being launched by the Catalan government. So uh, not correct. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying for the first time. I'm really trying to read the live chat as well, but I don't know how do you do that because I, I mean, uh, two tasks contemporaries. I, I cannot talk and read, but I will try. Good, you're the smart oh, one. Yeah, the, 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 the live chat was so much worse. I put in a, a one message per 45 second limit on everyone. You should have seen it before. So, oh, art, bad artificial limits like one yeah, megabyte. Exactly. Have a cap on messages. It's, uh, <laughs> thank God for the centralized YouTube system. The day that I didn't like that was when I was making stupid pizza jokes and asked everybody for jokes. And it came, they'd like start it. And it came like so much later, the punchline. And it just, it was, it was tough. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little sick. India rejects Venezuela's offer of 30% discount in oil sales using the Petro. So very simply, you know, this has been in the news a lot. We've been following RBI and now they've declined this. So formally, the government of India rejected Venezuela's state-backed cryptocurrency when they announced this about, I think, a month ago. We, we covered it on the show. Um, and obviously that was an attempt to incite India. It's funny because that when it first came out, they said they had a bunch of countries around the world that are already on board. And uh, we made a little bit of a hypothesis that, that probably wasn't correct. Um, so, right. Specifically, though, I found this interesting that the Indian foreign minister said, quote, we cannot have any trade in cryptocurrency as it is banned by the RBI. That was how they, I think, probably evaded that. But Tony. Uh, this is on the heels of a lot of RBI news that we've covered, um, and they didn't take the deal. What was your take on this story? Well, I believe we had this one. We said about how dumb it was uh, back when this story came up on our radar about a month ago. 
when they were saying that India is going to be buying, uh, you know, uh, oil from Venezuela at a 30% discount. And this made absolutely no sense because again, you don't need the petrol. If you want to buy uh, gas or if you want to buy oil from Venezuela, just give them any freaking currency, any currency. They'll give you a 30% off. You know, you can just say, hey, we got a suitcase full of US dollars. Uh, can we buy oil? Can we buy your oil at a 30% discount? And they'll be more than happy to sell it to you, right? Like, like this concept of the petrol. The problem isn't the medium of exchange here. The problem is, is that it's Venezuela, okay? <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, the other problem is, is that the government is not going to do something illegal. Uh, so if the U.S. has sanctions on, uh, on Venezuelan oil, uh, the country that India needs to be dealing with is probably the U.S. unless they want to ruin their relationship with the U.S., right? Look, it's unfortunate. I don't really, uh, I mean, I don't like these kinds of sanctions, but this concept of the euro is ridiculous. Not to mention um, the, for India, if they even wanted to entertain this idea, I believe this is what I said a month ago, them going into some crazy currency, the petro, converting into the petro, then using it for the dollars can cost them more than 30% because this thing isn't exactly liquid. Like, like this never made sense from the beginning. And uh, I can't believe it took this long for this article to come out. Giacomo, what do you think? Um, the, the same. In this case, I'm completely aligned. Uh, it was, yeah, buy these things from me at my made-up price so you can use that to buy my oil with a discount. But the problem is that you can manipulate the, the price of, of the, of the pseudo-money you are selling in the first place. So, and, and, and even that, and even in that case, I mean, if you don't play these kind of games, don't use stupid uh, made up technologies, just use a, a Google spreadsheet with Maduro on one side and the Indian government on the other. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think we called it. All right. Well, this is interesting. We'll have a little fun. Uh, the IMF official. Wait, well, sorry, well, one, one, one quick comment. Um, so. Um, someone says that I misunderstand the point. The point is for the world wants to stop using U.S. dollars to buy oil. So stop <laughs> using U.S. dollars to buy. No one is forcing you to use the U.S. dollar to buy oil. I mean, people are crazy. Do, do you think the Venezuelans are going to accept the Indian rupees for their oil? Probably not. It's almost as bad as the Venezuelan currency, right? Um, like, come on. If someone offered euros to Venezuela, if someone offered, you know, the Swiss franc to Venezuela, of course they'll take it. They'll find a way to convert that stuff. It's not that difficult. No one is forcing the world to use U.S. dollars for the oil. Like, like I don't understand why people have these conspiracy theories. Um, yes. <laughs> so the, the IMF. Um, so, so a deputy director for the IMF yesterday uh, came out with actually a research report, of course, because IMF loves their research reports full of jargon, um, that central banks need to offer quote unquote better fiat currencies in order to fend off any potential competition from cryptos. So specifically Dong He uh, at the IMF, he's he, like specifically, it's just like he's urging central banks. Um, and he's also saying that potentially their own cryptocurrencies focus on digital, et cetera. Um, I'm just gonna, I know someone just said that I, I'm talking too much, but uh, I'm a little riled up on this one because I used to uh, work at the World Bank. so. Just gonna say, there's a huge difference uh, working at the World Bank, and I did like my time in the field, and at the IMF, and I really don't like the IMF, hugely critical. So two primary differences, starting this story off so that we know exactly what this story means is, I think, very important. So the IMF and the World Bank really have different purposes and functions. The IMF exists primarily to stabilize exchange rates. This is important for Italy as well, while the World Bank's goal is to reduce poverty. It's very, very different. So straight up, in terms of the original mandate, the IMF honestly has outlived their utility completely because if everyone remembers, this was created in the Bretton Woods Agreement of 1944. So it's utterly ridiculous. Um, and often like what the IMF says and what they actually do is completely, completely opposite. So um, ending on one thing is just like that when we discuss the IMF and when people you know, talk about Lagarde and Everyone talks about G20. It's very, very important news, but also 
keep in mind just that like the IMF needs to be in the context of what's going on in the world today and what's going on when we talk about China and development banks around the world and other infrastructure projects pushed by other powerful countries. And they're really losing, I think, like their, their leverage, like, and just, just saying like, you know, so for countries, and last point on this is just in Italy, is like for countries that borrow money from the IMF, what the IMF says can change the decisions of the government, right? And affect financial markets. But point number one, potentially, you know, when countries are, are receiving only advice and not money, how much leverage can the IMF actually have, right? Uh, personal opinion. And just because information is publicly available, which is what they're doing and putting out their reports, that doesn't mean that it's gonna make their way to the policymakers. They just do like a report card and recommendations. And lastly, which got me a little riled up, is just that like the information in these reports are so much jargon and often not even readable that like, yes, this the IMF is undeniably important regarding Washington consensus and its history. And we will argue this point probably right now, but I do think people need to always understand um, the background of the IMF, where it sits today, and that there are definitely issues on how governments, especially if they don't need the money, will react to statements made by them. Financial markets can be a bit different. Okay. Done with that. Sorry, guys. Tone, I'll turn it to you. Actually, I want to turn this one to Giacomo. Um, Giacomo, what did you think about the story, especially in light of on the heels of Italy yesterday and we were discussing central banks? So I think that it, it is true that in a way, central bank will have to compete with Bitcoin. That's the whole point of Bitcoin. What I think they are not yet getting is that uh, uh, from what I see in the article, it's like they think that they will have to compete uh, uh, in the fields of technology or, or, or technology US or it, it, that's not the case. The, the, the centralized technology is already perfect for central banks. They, uh, they will be called to compete, but they will not be able to compete. And now I will, I will explain why that's the case, in my opinion, uh, on uh, other two things, which is one, the uh, underlying value of the money. They will, uh, Bitcoin is a new digital gold standard, even better than the gold standard because the, uh, the supply is not even elastic, is uh, inelastic supply. So the perfect digital gold, uh, do you want to compete with that as, uh, uh, as a resistance to political manipulation and as uh, um, good monetary uh, features? Uh, just uh, peg your currency with uh, physical gold. That's, that's I mean, or, or, or use some kind of uh, uh, finite supply algorithm in your central bank databases. You don't need any blockchain or cryptography or ashing power, uh, all these things were needed by Bitcoin only because Bitcoin was made in order to avoid government censorship. But if you are the central bank, you will not suffer government censorship. So you don't have to adopt the crypto technology. You should just adopt the crypto uh, gold standard. And the second part is uh, uh, openness, permissionlessness, and uh, uh, let's say inclu financial inclusion and privacy. So with Bitcoin, everybody can transmit money to everybody without filling out paperwork, without censorship. I can donate to WikiLeaks and I cannot do that with Euro or US dollar over traditional uh, payment circuits. So uh, central bank, do you want to compete about that? Because you think that potentially globally, the open permissionless market is bigger than the permissioned closed market, which is the case in the long run. So you just have to open up. In a way, central banks could destroy Bitcoin or make Bitcoin almost irrelevant with just two simple uh, tricks. They should just stop using the central bank power in order to devaluate currency and in order to censor or monitor or track uh, financial transactions. Why can, uh, if you think about that, uh, think about uh, music, exchange of peer-to-peer -peer music. So we had, uh, uh, we, had a bit of, uh, we had Napster. Napster was a centralized solution, a little bit like e-gold in the case of money. It had some interesting properties, namely that you could just download music for free uh, without any kind of restriction, but it was uh, legally fragile because it was centralized. So the, uh, the, the governments shut down Napster. Now we had BitTorrent. BitTorrent is, in, is and was impossible to shut down because it was 
decentralized, a very good piece of technology. So now people can and will be able indefinitely to exchange music for free, uh, circumventing any kind of regulation. So uh, right now what is happening is that many, many um, musical or uh, video content major are just trying to lose lose down their uh, their effort to to keep a uh, um, uh, digital uh, I mean to, to keep uh, intellectual property protection and digital right management and so you have uh, Netflix and you have a lot of uh, YouTube uh, uh, free content you have uh, online streaming in partly even illegal but the property right property intellectual property rights rights are not enforced anymore so if the system loses on on the things that they are uh, uh, doing uh, they do kill bitcoin because uh, they do bitcoin they make bitcoin in useless because you can just use uh, the normal institutional um, good old form of money so why they can't they can because uh, uh, central banking manipulation and financial uh, surveillance are needed in order to uh, uh, in, are needed for the financial surviving of national states. If the European Central Bank stopped to do uh, currency manipulation, they couldn't buy uh, uh, failed nation states debt, like in the case of Italy. They couldn't do LTRO. The Fed couldn't do uh, quantitative easing. If they cannot inflate and manipulate the currency, uh, governments will just fall down uh, under the, 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 the weight of their spending, which is which is something uh, unsustainable, and if they cannot track down and censor financial transactions, then they will not be able to properly tax people and extort money anymore. So uh, uh, the only way, that, the, the, the simple way they would have to compete with Bitcoin would be just to be closer to Bitcoin, but they cannot because their their own job is to do exactly the opposite. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Tone, you actually spoke to this subject on Cheddar yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts on what Giacomo just said? Um, well, uh, well, it's not, uh, I mean, I, I agree with Giacomo, but I was just going to add to it in that uh, specifically to this article. It's just like this whole article is just a giant contradiction of itself, right? So, so they start out by saying, well, cryptocurrencies are a problem because they circumvent a lot of our regulation and a lot of our, you know, uh, economy puppeteering with interest rates and the printing of money. So we need to increase the regulations on cryptocurrencies, uh, in which case it's very, very possible to do with everything other than Bitcoin, right? I mean, you can regulate Ethereum out of existence. That shouldn't be too hard. Um, but um, you, you, it's very difficult to do with Bitcoin, right? You can certainly regulate ICOs. Uh, make them illegal. I mean, these are all centralized entities. So anything that's centralized can completely be regulated away uh, until uh, those entities become the government, right? And then they can make themselves legal unless they grow big enough, right? Um, uh, I mean, you can't regulate the internet companies uh, out of existence now because they're some of the biggest companies we have. They'll basically, uh, they, they, they become the... Uh, you, you know, they, they become in control of the government almost because they're so big to the economy. So, um, however, with Bitcoin, you can't do that. But this article is a walking contradiction because they talk about, they start talking about how bad uh, cryptocurrencies are and they need to disappear. But then they talk about, well, we're going to have our own cryptocurrency. And here's the best part. So if you go to that little, um, uh, so it says um, Ha uh, or he also goes like uh, uh, I don't know if that's the guy's last name or just saying right he that one yeah he also pointed out that um, you can have a government currency that's gonna act peer to peer no you can't right because the top of that article talks about how cryptocurrency is so bad because of money laundering and because we don't know where the money is going but that's what peer to peer functions are right like. Like, no, you can't have that, right? If you want to compete with Bitcoin, then you don't want to double down on the money laundering laws. You don't want to double down on the regulation of money transfer. You want to relax the money laundering laws. You want to eliminate the money laundering laws. You want to allow people to spend money any way that they like. And then you end up in a situation 
of what's a better currency, a deflationary currency like Bitcoin or an inflationary currency like government fiat, right? But at least now you're arguing over economics and not over, um, you know, uh, uh, laws on the way people spend their money, right? There are two things there. Like, like it would be a very, very interesting uh, competition of what's better money, money that is managed by, you know, uh, people like the economic PhDs that get to influence monetary policy and provide liquidity in times of, you know, financial stress versus money that is hard money that you cannot print to bail out institutions. I would love to have that experiment play out. The problem is you can't have this experiment play out because of money laundering laws. Money laundering laws is what's driving Bitcoin, not the fact that it's a currency that is, you know, like gold and is finite versus a currency that is infinite. Um, I, I mean, we, we will, it would be very interesting to see what would actually win. Now, I will say that governments will always print their currency in an irresponsible way, so they will eventually lose. But um, it will be interesting what happens during, let's say, a liquidity crisis or during a, a, a new 2008 crisis, and you have two types of money to choose from, uh, one that is providing liquidity with money printing and one that isn't. It would be an interesting experiment. I, I just wish this experiment would have an even playing field with no money laundering laws involved. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. I agree. Uh, and for another contradiction, right? A central bank run crypto asset in itself is also a contradiction. I, I thought the whole thing was ill-informed and very funny um, in that, but uh, it is the IMF. Um, so Giacomo, any last thoughts? Otherwise to finish off our, our little um, politics Bitcoin news brief. Do you want to tell us, you know, just the latest on who was elected and his ties to Bitcoin? Uh, yeah. So um, after uh, after the Italian government watched the yesterday's morning brief, of course, and uh, in which I explained that the situation was at a stale because the president of the republic didn't want to appoint a government where the ministry of the economy was uh, uh, Professor Savona because Professor Savona. Uh, is against the euro, and that was uh, uh, that was a no go for uh, for for the European establishment and for the president of the Republic of Italy. Uh, so after they uh, they did reach an uh, uh, they did reach an agreement uh, that uh, basically still include the same prime minister, which is uh, I mean this unknown guy promoted by the Five Star Movement, and uh, there is still Professor Savona. Uh, inside the government, but in another position, basically a very uh, not very powerful ministry of uh, generic relationship with the EU, European Union. So he is not uh, at the economies anymore. And this guy is was actually the president of the of a Bitcoin related startup that was incubated in my Milan accelerator. Uh, they are not really doing Bitcoin, but it's very funny that uh, this guy was the the, the the face, not not really. I don't think involved at any practical at any practical level, but it was the face of a Bitcoin startup, Euclid. Uh, so that that's funny in a way. Uh, it shows that uh, at least this is a guy that uh, is um, uh, keen to exploring monetary stuff, uh, included uh, euro exit uh, ideas. So uh, I think that uh, what what the, the the what the agreement means is that. Uh, they gave to the president of the republic strong guarantees that they are not going to uh, do anything seriously disruptive about the euro, the eurozone. Uh, we will see. Um, for for everything else, I mean, uh, it's I think it's bad news. The, uh, the economic policies of movement five star five stars are crazy, like uh, citizenship wage for everybody and. Uh, um, yeah, and prison for tax avoiders, and but I mean, Italian's problem. Thanks, Giacomo. Um, it's, it's very interesting his pro Bitcoin um, background, and again, he's a professor. Also, so to clarify, he is not strictly pro Bitcoin. Oh. <laughs> I remember some exchange in which he, he was a little bit pro blockchain, anti Bitcoin. Let's say that he is 
uh, experienced in the in the field of Bitcoin somehow. Well, since the Italian government was listening to our Bitcoin morning brief yesterday and you're talking about it, maybe uh, he's listening again today and we can uh, convert him to become a Bitcoin maximalist potentially. On to a bit of sad news. Um, Tone, what happened with Matthew? Oh, um, so um, unfortunately, uh, Matthew Mellon has passed away. He has been in the crypto space for a while. Uh, he's a big advocate of Bitcoin. Uh, then he got into Ripple. Uh, I mean, I met him personally several times, tried to convince him that Ripple doesn't really make sense. Uh, but yeah, he passed away. Uh, I mean, people knew that he, you know, had a bit of a drug addiction and, uh, you know, wasn't really living the healthiest lifestyle. And it's unfortunate and it looks like a pretty big crypto fortune has died with him. Uh, so there you go, guys. If you haven't, uh, you know, considered what happens to your crypto when you're holding on to your own keys, uh, if something happens to you, then uh, you really should think about it. Uh, so uh, uh, I don't know if anyone else has anything else to add. Giacomo, anything that you want to add? No, no, the, the, the same. Uh, it's uh, really uh, the crypto inheritance is a very sensitive uh, topic. And uh, many of the people involved in uh, this kind of trading or hodling now are not thinking about this. There is a, a, a great speaker and, and, and lawyer and expert in this matter, Pamela Morgan, is going around many conferences explaining uh, how to, uh, how to put, put in place some kind of uh, uh, inheritance mechanism on crypto, both on the legal side and the technical side, because of course, we can think that with Bitcoin, we own our own money, so we can all just create a multi-sig multi with an analog time or a check of time verify and do some fancy cryptographic style. But the reality is that in many cases, the heirs will not have the technical capability to use any kind of complex uh, uh, right. technical disposition. So it's very important also to have some kind of legal plan in place that can, that can uh, back up in case of technical fuck up which is mostly likely yeah and uh yeah do check out pamela morgan's work at third key solutions uh for this but like giacomo said there there's a little caveat here right like what happens when your crypto is off the grid what happens when uh when that crypto isn't registered uh what happens then and i don't think there are good solutions for that scenario does this mean tom that you're gonna have a pretty intense prenup when you get married uh, well, it could also mean I don't even need one, right? <laughs> That's very true. All right. <laughs> Who controls Bitcoin? Don't we all want to know? And Vortex is yeah, going to... Yeah. Isn't he starting in like two minutes? Yes, 10 a.m. Uh, <laughs> no, Pacific Standards. So what is it? One? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Congratulations, okay. Vortex. You're two minutes away from your presentation. Yes. And it's his first talk. So, And it's titled, Who Controls Bitcoin? Pretty awesome and if you guys are in la run well, really yeah run, run run over there now like just, <laughs> over just to like century city over la traffic and to get there in two minutes yeah and so uh tone and i retweeted it it's also right here on uh vortexes but uh yes it is right now so um <laughs> so get over there as soon as possible all right tone ta sure oh man i like oh, oh so EOS. I, is gonna launch this weekend. Oh, he has to launch this weekend. All right, maybe we'll. Uh, uh, if someone, if I find, oh, you know what? Well, I'll maybe I'll go live around that time. I'm, I'm curious what will happen. Um, we'll check that out, man. I'm tempted to bring up like people went nuts. Like everyone, this everyone thinks that if a country stops using U.S. dollars to buy the oil, then the U.S. is gonna go and bomb that country. Like the, the, this is the this is the mental mentality of most of the people in our chat. Yet somehow using crypto for your oil solves this problem. <laughs> yeah, and on that, everybody should follow the news. There's very intense tariffs right now, but uh, I don't see any bombing. Well, like, obviously, I don't buy into that conspiracy theory. But if you buy into that yeah. conspiracy theory, I'm sorry, guys, crypto is not going to solve that problem. Exactly. Even if even if you did, I mean, if uh, if uh, if an American government is not going to let you use euro for oil. <laughs> How could they let you use Petro for oil, which is even more difficult to access? Uh, maybe 
Bitcoin can mitigate the problem if you start to to sell oil in the black market. Uh, oh, and probably, and probably, <laughs> and probably easier to track considering how liquid uh, petrol is exactly. compared to the U.S. dollar. Exactly, that's crazy. Correct. Well, like, like if you have two banks, right? If you have two banks that are not uh, on the U.S. SWIFT system, they can transfer those dollars to each other, and U.S. has no idea, or any yeah. other currency for that matter. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh man. Maybe pull up price of oil today. Um. All right. Um. Oil futures. Okay. What am I doing? Oh yeah, I was uh. Um, so, uh, just, up your website. So, so just like uh, Leah just suggested, let's uh, talk about Leah's latest article of uh, <laughs> Bitcoin. Let me be perfectly clear. Uh, so uh, this was actually a really good read. Giacomo, you read it, right? Yeah, I read it and I loved it. I, I tweeted it. I shared it on Twitter yesterday. Very, very good. Very, very uh, also poetic. I mean, <laughs> I agree with the content, but I would never be able to put this content in, in this kind of artistic way. So it's great read. Yeah, so, so I have to point something very specific out, something that I have not considered. So what? yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this is what? actually really good. So uh, so uh, I mean, we did talk about the whole concept of um, the MVP, right? Like move fast and like break stuff. And um, obviously, this is a dumb idea when it comes to money. Uh, it's a good idea when it comes to you know trying to figure out. Um, how you're going to make money with your company. It's a good idea, you know, when you're actually uh, trying to create, you know, usable technology that doesn't like delete people's money if you screw up. Uh, it's, it's good, but it's not really good for money. But what you said in this article that I found really, really interesting, now that more and more emphasis and more and more value is being placed on all of this nonsense, like EOS that's going to launch this weekend, um, screw-ups in something like EOS reflect badly on the entire ecosystem, including Bitcoin, right? So if something like Ethereum blows up, which I expect it to do, that could cause a major confidence drain onto Bitcoin from people that aren't aware of the internal situation that knew that Ethereum is going to implode. So from an outside perspective looking in, you know, when an exchange gets hacked because they were stupid enough to have NAM on their system and NAM gets hacked for $500 million, um, a person unfamiliar with the fact that NAM is an outright scam uh, would think that uh, Bitcoin is just as vulnerable uh, on, uh, well, it, on that exchange, Bitcoin probably was just as vulnerable, right? But in a lot of these situations, um, as more and more of these move fast and break things, uh, stupid initiatives uh, blow up in people's faces and more people get scammed by all of these ICOs and altcoins, it reflects badly on Bitcoin as well, uh, in a way, uh, losing confidence in the entire crypto system that Bitcoin is a part of. Um, and this uh, gives me even more ammo in my we're in a downtrend of a bear market uh, movement uh, because uh, right now I'm still seeing way too much uh, influence of, you know, garbage like EOS. Thanks. Dan. Yeah. If, if I can just make the last joke be before the, the technical analysis, uh, I would say that the EOS is an example of a shitcoin of scam coin that doesn't go so fast breaking things. Uh, indeed, it goes so slow and so conservative that basically they just reuse the same code base of BitShare. So EOS is a giant ICO, uh, which, uh, which raised the millions, basically renaming the, uh, the, the first uh, scam of Larimer, the, the, the BitShare code base. You can actually, uh, I mean, I can just give you the link. I, I will, I will uh, I will give it right. to, to and, Leah. And, so they couldn't even, and they couldn't even get that right. There was that giant vulnerability a few days ago that almost yeah. that, that could have rendered the entire EOS system useless. Well, uh, yeah, sorry, they, let they, me rephrase that. Uh, scratch that. Scratch that. That could have rendered the entire EOS system to what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, price talk. Uh, let's do it. Um. All right, uh, where am I here? What is that? I know I don't want to click on something. I'm not sure what it is. Um, okay, so uh, uh, Liberty Life Trail still exists, especially the learn trading section is still useful. Um, 
uh, tonevase.com. Please check that out. Um, my travel schedule, I will be in Dublin a week from today uh, for a workshop, then London. I actually should probably find places to stay in these uh, areas. I haven't even looked for an Airbnb yet. Uh, then Montreal, uh, a few seats are being sold in Montreal and Berlin. Uh, let's see if anyone signs up because I thought I heard something about Bitcoin being popular in Berlin. I guess uh, Germans aren't as, you know, uh, degenerate gamblers, like especially people in the UK, apparently, uh, that uh, are planning to attend the trading workshop. Uh, you know what? Let me move this out of the way. All right. Um, let's look at the price. Uh, we're hanging in there at 7,400. Um, once again, nothing has changed. Uh, I know people like desperately wait for these things every day, but like, I I'm not going to say anything today that I didn't say yesterday. Um, I continue to believe that the current week um, on, really resembles the week of 2014, uh, August 18th, August 18th of 2014. It was a little, uh, you know, bullish week um, after a bad bearish week that took you below the 50 week moving average. Now, what happened the following six weeks is six weeks of downside. Um, uh, am I expecting six straight weeks of downside after the current week? Probably not, uh, mostly because we are now pretty far below the seven week moving average and we're pretty far and we're very far below the 30 week moving average. So it's possible that we're not going to be as weak um, as of next week as we were back in August. Uh, it's possible, but probably not. I still think uh, if when I pull up the 12-hour chart like I did the other day, I still think it's possible for us to, you know, make an even cleaner symmetric triangle by the price moving into the $8,000 area. Would I place a bet on the price moving to the $8,000 area? Probably not. Um, in such a, you know, bear market, I would either stay in cash, uh, hold all my Bitcoin to infinity, um, or look for shorting opportunities. So uh, my first, uh, so I do have this red line here, but this red line was there from before the final drop to 7,000. Uh, this red line currently makes no sense. I will drop this red line down to 7,050. I would say that if the price of Bitcoin drops below 7,050, it becomes a very, um, I think the, the fall would definitely accelerate. Uh, where would I consider, um, if it continues going up, where would there be shorting opportunities? Well, at some kind of resistance. At the moment, we are taking our time trying to get to the $7,700 area. So if we can get to that $7,700 area like today, that could be a decent short off of the combination of this uh, prior red line that I had in the 30, 30 period moving average on the 12 hour. But um, we're probably not going to get there today. So now you might have to wait uh, for you to run into the 50 period moving average. I also kind of bypassed the daily chart. Uh, the daily chart, uh, I have a line here from before. Uh, this is the prior breakdown point at 7950 which is an, which could be a combination of that and the 30 day moving average. Um, and above I have the 128 uh, day moving average, I believe is the blue. I can probably turn that into the 50 day moving average because I'm curious where that is. Oops, wrong thing. Let's talk about the moving averages. Um, let's take a look at where the 50 day moving average is. Oh, and we just had a death cross a couple of days ago. So <clears throat> the 50 is probably about to turn down. And uh, look, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a huge struggle. I think that if it starts to go up from here, uh, just like throughout uh, this uh, mini bull run uh, between April and May, this one month run, I kept saying that the price will reverse hard any moment. And it eventually did. Now, because it reversed, um, after a uh, $4,000 move in the price of Bitcoin, it didn't have the momentum to take you all the way down to below 6,000. But the next time we turn the corner somewhere between current prices and 10,000, 
And it's very difficult to pick that spot. Uh, I mean, if you're an active trader, uh, you learned some of these technical analysis tools. I may not be able to help you here. I mean, I would use the sequential system and I would try to time it off of nines. And uh, on a weekly chart, we are still on a three of nine. So waiting for probably six more weeks of downside. Uh, the daily chart is barely in the green. But if there was a bear bullish trade taken on here, I'm probably already getting bored with this trade. Uh, the 12-hour chart on the sequential, let's see what we have. Um, again, you are price flipping uh, now, I believe. Yeah, you're in the middle of yet a second price flip. Uh, we can take a look and see if there is, uh, there's not going to be any divergence here because you needed a lower low in price to see divergence. Um, the MACD is neutral. The RSI is neutral. There's not really much going on. Your four-hour chart is stuck in a range. Um, your uh, CMF is trending to the upside, so that's good. Um, your MACD is trending to the upside. Your RSI is trending to the upside, not overbought yet. So the four-hour chart looks like it can pop one more time, but it can just as likely go down. I would just you know wait for either a breakout above 76, 77, but even that area on different time frames is resistance. So it's very difficult to time your bullish trades here unless they're absolutely perfect. And um, had the daily chart, um, had the daily chart made it down to a nine, it would have given me a nice tradable bounce to time to the upside, you know, off of the combination of this setup trend line this descending trend line, if this candle was to the downside, the following candle would have given you a nice buying opportunity based on exhaustion, but it reversed a little early for my taste. So I would not chase it to the upside here. And I would rather, you know, time the, the, the drops to the downside. Um, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, the one hour chart is not really showing you anything. Uh, just for my curiosity, uh, here's the price of gold, still stuck doing nothing, not interesting. Uh, the weekly NASDAQ is breaking out. The NASDAQ is almost back to its all-time high. Like, um, again, uh, uh, soon I'm sure you'll have another Hyperwave video, right, Leah, with Tyler? For sure. Right. I'm curious what he thinks because the NASDAQ is on the edge of a new all-time high while the S&P is a basket case compared to the NASDAQ. So it's really, really weird like NASDAQ is almost at its, at its all-time high and uh, the S&P is making a, is still stuck at a, at a second lower high, which is really, really weird. Uh, here's the daily S&P. I still believe the S&P is going to break out. Uh, the moment the S&P goes above this red dotted line, which is a setup trend line at 27.65, I become fully bullish the S&P. But based on everything you see in this chart, I have to be fully bullish uh, the NASDAQ, and I remain a stock market bull. And I've been fighting these, you know, perma bears of the stock market and forever. And the ultimate irony is the same people that have been expecting the price of the stock market to crash for 10 years in a row now, uh, because the crash of 08 wasn't big enough for them, right? They've been expecting a crash in the S&P for 10 years in a row. These same people think that Bitcoin can never crash, but the S&P is supposed to crash every year. And it's the same people. And guys, they're both private assets. They should be more correlated than not correlated. You can't hate the stock market and love Bitcoin because for the same reason that people put their money into Bitcoin, they put their money into Google and Amazon for the same reason. Anyway, it's, 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 it's really amazing how some people think. Well, we have our weekly close pretty soon. So uh, for sure. And maybe um, traditional markets this weekend, Tom? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I should be around. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you're in LA, you maybe missed 15 minutes of Vortex, but get your butt over to Century City. Um, have a great weekend. Happy Friday. Giacomo, are you going to have some pizza later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were noticing that a lot of people wants to have pizza with me in Italy. <laughs> so probably I will just quit Bitcoin and pivot to a pizzeria, crypto-based pizzeria. I expect ICO soon. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
pizza coin. Tone, what's uh, today look like for you? Yeah, no, I mean, like right after my little rant on the stock market, someone put a comment in the live chat. Sorry, Tone, if you think the stock market can still go up, you're delusional. I've heard this comment said to me for the last five years. I've been, I've been doing, I've been talking about the markets publicly now since 2014. So it's already been four years. Uh, privately before that for a couple of years. I've been a bull on the stock market ever since my very first, you know, writings about the market in 2014, starting out in Cointelegraph about Bitcoin. I've been bullish the stock market this entire time, the last four years. And this comment, if you think the stock market is going to go a dollar higher, you're delusional. I've heard this like every day of my, of my life for the last four years, and I'm still hearing it. It's, it's really fascinating. All right. Yeah. And uh, you probably shouldn't mess with someone whose background is risk analysis specifically. Um, <laughs> but only time will tell. Also on your Doug Polk bet, um, you know, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, Blindsight. Uh, uh, like looking back is 2020. Oh, man. I'm going to get Hindsight's 2020. Thank you. Okay. You're the host. <laughs> All uh, right, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Hey, good luck trading out there, guys.